powered by Clear Vision Development Group. This is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. And welcome to the program where today I have a special guest. My guest will be Matthew Cox, and he'll be joining us from the great state of California. And Matthew has overcome some very specific, unique challenges in his life. And we're going to talk about that and also how he helps other people overcome leadership challenges and other challenges in their business. It's all coming up today here on the Better Than Before program. I'm Tony Richards, and today's program is sponsored by University Subaru. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. Also coming up today, I have three key questions you need to ask yourself or that you can journal on, and I'll have all that coming up on today's Better Than Before here on the C-Suite Radio Network. There's nothing quite like the love of a good dog. At University Subaru, it seems to us they're all good. See special pet-friendly features in the new 2021 Subaru Outback and Forester. It's never been easier to hit the open road with your best friend and to keep them safe with Subaru all-wheel drive. Subaru is dog-tested and dog-approved. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru and a dog a dog. University Subaru, Columbia, homegrown and proud of it. Are you working twice as hard but enjoying fewer rewards? Maybe you're highly accomplished, but you just can't seem to break through and make the next big move. Or you run a business that has begun to grow stagnant. It doesn't have to stay that way. Even the best leaders have felt as if their careers were spiraling out of control. But that's when they had to lead and lead big. Tony Richards' new book, The Big Idea, 52 Ways to Be a Better Leader Now, will help launch you forward in leadership. Learn how to take charge and lead yourself, lead others, and lead your company. Purchase online today at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com. Welcome back to Better Than Before. I'm Tony Richards and Matthew Cox is going to be on the show today. He's a successful and battle-tested serial entrepreneur while getting his MPA from the University of Phoenix during 08 and 10. He started the Never Give Up Foundation in 2008. After getting his MPA, he started Never Give Up Behavioral Health Services in 2012. Both companies have been successful and have no outstanding debt. Matthew not only had the experience but the passion needed to be successful in the mental health industry, He's the leading performance coach in Las Vegas and has extensive experience in personal development training. Mr. Cox is a lifestyle entrepreneur and teaches small business owners, freelancers, and other entrepreneurs to make a full-time living by doing what they already love to do. Mr. Cox started his career in the mental health industry over 18 years ago and slowly made the transition into the business world. Over the last two decades, Mr. Cox has begun writing books in the area of personal development, built a successful company within the mental health industry, coached dozens of high-end clientele, and performed numerous educational training programs on personal development, communication, and teamwork. 
Overall, Matthew's story of experience and passion follows the same unfolding as all of Never Give Up's team. Matthew, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Tony. That was an interesting introduction. It's different to hear it when somebody reads it. So. <laughs> well, I wanted to tell the story about how we came in contact with each other. Yeah. You sent me an email. You had listened to the show where we had Joseph O'Connor on, and you unpacked quite a bit of the podcast for me and told me the things that you really enjoyed about it. And then you told me why you'd be a good guest on the podcast. So I reached out to you and here we are. So thank you so much for sending me that email. Yeah, no, I appreciate what you do, Tony. Being a podcaster, it takes a lot of work that goes into it. I don't think people realize what work goes into creating a show and doing everything. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. It is. I've got a couple people that help me out for sure. And I enjoy conversations with interesting people. And I enjoy being able to provide an outlet for our listeners to listen in on those conversations, just like you and I are sitting having a cup of coffee together and everybody else gets to listen. So I'm so happy that you're here today. One of the things that was in your email that fascinated me is that not only are you this successful behavioral mental health coach, but you also suffered from a lifelong learning disability. Is that right? Yes. When people hear that, they're like, well, how'd you do it? You were disabled, but my disability is more of an intellectual disability. So when I was younger, just like anything, I had to work at it a lot harder than the next person in the room to me. And so my disability affected my reading and writing. So even today, Tony, I write at a fourth grade level and I read at the same. And so people say, no, that's not even possible. I says, well, my 11 year old spells more than me. <laughs> I'll, sit, <laughs> I'll sit and ask him, I'll say, hey, how do you spell this? But what it taught me is failure. Failure in any entrepreneur is you're gonna fail. And I was used to it from a young age, fell in tests. I flunked out of college seven times. I had to go beg my math teacher in the college not to flunk me again. Mm. But I found to problem solve. I think this is what a lot of people are missing today, Tony, is problem solving. Because it taught me very early dealing with that learning disability that I learned how to problem solve by, I went and shopped a teacher for college, believe it or not. I went and interviewed each of them and I found the right teacher for me. And I finally passed that math class in my college. So I did graduate college. It just took me a lot longer than the most. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fascinating because seven times you dropped out or failed or at the college thing. And then, but you ended up getting your degree, huh? Yeah, it took me a little longer than most. I changed my degree several times. So I ended up with a bachelor's in film and a master's in business, but I stuck with it. I think that's another thing, struggling and growing up with a learning disability and being an entrepreneur. Failure wasn't scary to me because I, I experienced it so much when I was younger. I was just watching a documentary last night about General Grant, who basically won the Civil War for the North. He had been a failure like over and over and over. And that victory in the Civil War was his first big triumph in life. He'd been in business and failed. He'd done several things and failed. But they were talking about when Lee surrendered to him in the Civil War. He was so gracious to the general he defeated because of all the setbacks and failures that he had had in his life. He knew exactly what his opponent was going through and feeling at the time. 
I'm sure you probably have that too with the people that you work with. You know what failure's like, so you have a lot of empathy for them. Is would I be on track with that? Oh yeah, yeah. I think throughout my career helping families, entrepreneurs, leaders, I think I have a larger empathy of that because I can see when failure hits somebody very hard quickly. So it, it is big. So you're spot on. I think it really comes naturally to me. Well, we tell people all the time that lose the failure, keep the lesson. There's no emotional feelings or attachment to failure at all, but it, it hurts, man. I mean, it really does. And it takes a special person to process that failure in the right way and come back strong like you have. Yeah. I mean, and I like what you said there processing because it did hurt. I mean, I can tell you some days early in my career or college or in just any phases of my life, I remember sitting there going, why me? Mm. Why can't I do it like anybody else? Because I thought I had to read and write certain ways. But again, I, I learned very quickly that's just how society tells you. That doesn't define how smart a person is. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Your intelligence. Or necessarily what you have to have as an ability to be able to be successful. You figured out a way to use what you had to your advantage in order to get where you wanted to be. I've often said, if you are having trouble being a success in this country, then you're having trouble because this is an environment where if you figure it out like you did and you look at yourself and go, okay, I don't have some of the things that other people have, but I'm going to leverage what I do have to the fullest. And that's what you've done. And that's led you along this path you're on. I always tell people, I says in, in today's society and the way we are, even with the economy, the way it is, if I had a little bit of effort or drive, and if I had to start all over, it's amazing because you can climb anywhere right now. There's so many opportunities and it just takes a little bit of effort and not tell your employer what you're going to do. Actually go and say, how can I serve you? What can mm -hmm. I do? And that's what I learned in my career is the problem solve. And I learned to always ask my bosses when I was going up through different companies, what can I do for you? How can I be more of a value? I didn't say, give me more money. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I said, how can I add value? But the cool thing about it, Tony, is that when I added value, they gave me more money. <laughs> sure. Sure. Because when you bring value, it will eventually, might not pay off right away, but it will pay off. And yeah, I like that. We're talking to Matthew Cox. Let's talk about leadership. Tell me some leadership lessons you've learned. Oh, wow. So many of them. So what I found is being a leader, you probably hear this all the time, is leadership is something that I learned you don't want to covenant it because once you get it, it sucks because everybody thinks, oh, I can do it better. I can lead better. And then once they get it, they're like, never mind. Because leadership takes a lot of effort. And what I mean by that is it's the late nights. It's the cold coffee you're going to drink. I remember starting my first business. I was up until three in the morning. It's those things that keep you up two in the morning as a leader because you now are responsible. It's like a family. When I first started my business, it grew pretty quick. And next thing I know, I had zero employees. Then I had 45 employees. Now I have 150 employees. And you're like going, oh, I'm in charge of all those people. So I think leadership, when it comes to my mind, is service. I don't know if that makes sense, Tony, but I think you become somebody that you have to serve those around you. And there's so many greats, there's so many gurus that go into leadership. But what I found with leadership, 
you have to continue to learn. Cause I find leaders, I say, how many books you read this month? And they say, none. Mm -hmm. It says, what else have you done this month to make your capacity a lot greater? Because there's a saying I use and a term I use is, do you get it? Do you want it? Do you have the capacity for it? And to expand that capacity, you've got to continue to read and learn. And being a coach, I think that was my most frustration with CEOs or coaching is I'd say, okay, I want you to read this one chapter. And 80% of them wouldn't read, Tony. I was like, got to read as a leader. Right. So I think a leader is you're the one that continues to lead and absorb and hold the candle up or the flashlight and say, follow me. That's what to me as a leader to get out in front. Right. And just to piggyback off of your situation with the learning disability, one of the things that I've learned about that coaching CEOs is that's not a reading problem. People will say, oh, well, they're too busy or they're too tired or they don't have time. That's an ego problem. Yes. I already know everything I need to know. I don't need to know anything else, right? So I'm not going to read this chapter that Matthew recommended because I'm not going to get any value from it, so why do it? I was going to also say that that's one of the reasons I have such a frustration with people who complain about what top leaders make. Like they'll come out with these things like CEOs make 170 times the salary of the lowest level employee. Well, here's the thing. I don't think that most people who are criticizing the CEO's compensation have any idea what it's like to lead at that level. They don't have any idea what those CEOs do, what they put in in preparation, the levity and gravity of the decisions they make on a daily basis. So how in the world can you criticize somebody for their compensation when you have no idea what it's like to do that job? Oh, yeah, the liability, the weight. I think we all start out as an entrepreneur to create a business to give us freedom, right? Right. And we put in it. I mean, I remember our first business, me and my wife, we'd be up at 3 in the morning at the office with our 2-year-old or our 5-year-old. I'd be playing soccer in the hallway while she was doing billing and solving problems and it was two in the morning there's a lot of blood and equity or sweat that goes into being an entrepreneur that a lot of people don't see that i do agree with you yeah well your comment earlier about people who stand back and say oh i could do that job pay me nine million dollars and i can do that and they don't have any idea what they're talking about i think it was bill gates if it was easy everybody maybe it was steve jobs but it said if it was that easy everybody would do it right yes that's right that's right matthew what do you think some of the qualities of an effective leader are oh huge humility is one i think you got to be humble and willing i always say in a leader you need to be putting those that you lead first but always do it for the greater good of the company so the good leader is always doing it for the greater good of the organization, not themselves. They're Mm -hmm. saying, okay, if I make this decision, what is the effect? So problem solving, you gotta be an open, honest collaborator. I think those are some qualities that are missing. I think a lot of leaders that I have currently, I have some that are just, are not willing to be open and they won't collaborate. So they cause a lot of the drama in the organization. So I think one quality I would ever encourage leaders is to be open and honest and being willing to problem solve and collaborate. Some of the leaders you work with, I mean, I'm sure over time you've developed kind of, if not written down, you probably have a list in your mind of 
what leaders can do to go to let's I, I don't like cliches, but let's say go to the next level. So what do some of your leaders do that take their leadership skills to the next level? I think that is based on them as an individual. So what I do a lot with my leaders is I do what's called personality development. Mm. So I make sure I understand their personality types and then I help them understand what their personality or their leadership type is. So we use a system called true colors. I go through it with them and I says, okay, this is what you do. This is why you do what you do. But then the third part of it is I do what's called value-based leadership because we lead, fire, promote, and give rewards by the values of our organization. So the leader has to be within those value systems because if the leader does not believe in it, they're not going to, they're not, they're going to try to lead their own way. And I think Tony, you've probably seen that where a leader listens and then I think a good value of a leader to me is once they hear the CEO or the visionary say, hey, this is what I want, they go to work and become that integrator of the vision, not on their own vision. So that's a huge value that needs to is implementation, making sure they go and actually listen to the entrepreneur or the visionary and say, okay, I hear what you need. And they go to work on it. I spent about 80% of my career with leaders that would try to go do other things. And then I'd have to either work with them or coach them up or coach them out. That yeah. makes sense. I, yeah, I use that phrase a lot. Give me in your best estimation, what are the, like three best tips that you think are applicable to entrepreneurs or executives or even leaders in your community? Have a purpose would so be tip one is make sure your purpose is defined because a lot of times leaders we're so visionaries and we're so over the wall. I have a partner. He is my brother, by the way, but we have a joke. I'm Walt Disney. He's Roy Disney. That's so fun. he takes my purpose. So the tip would be get your purpose clear. And the number two is find a good integrator for you as a leader. If you're an entrepreneur like me, a visionary, you need somebody that can take it and materialize it and put it into to work. And number three is never think that you're too old to learn and never think that you know everything. I like it. Yeah, leadership is always evolving. That's fantastic. I was telling you before we went on the podcast here that a lot of what I do is put executive teams together and help executive teams grow, develop, and come with better outcomes. So what about teams? Do you work with many teams? What's your best advice on teams? Yeah, I work with a lot of teams, and I think the biggest advice I give them is be open and honest and get clarity, have a system. Most teams I come in and work with when they're struggling is they don't have a system. All the arrows are going in different directions. So with a team, you got to be open and honest with one another. you got to know each other. That's the personality or the organizational health. And then to gain traction, I go through and help them be more effective in their meetings. Because I think the frustration is their weekly meetings. They don't get things done. And so what I usually will do with teams is I'll go through and tell me about your meetings and I'll have them score at one to 10. And usually it's usually like a two. And we've all been in those meetings, Tony, where you're wanting to pull your hair out and you're not even knowing why you had that meeting for two hours. And so what we learn and I teach the teams is how to get that down into 90 minutes and to get a lot done. I like it. Yeah. And so that turns around the morale a lot because now the teams feel they're being successful and gaining traction. So 
Tell me, you personally, Matthew Cox, what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> from my wife or from other owners? No, just hey, uh, probably <laughs> from your wife. <laughs> if, you um, want the be- if you want the best piece of advice, <laughs> probably your wife. Yeah. She's the honest one. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. It would probably come from her because we ran the business, our first one. So I have several, but our very first one was we did it together. And I think the biggest thing she said for me was as a leader to slow down and ask more questions and talk less. That was big. Yeah. Because as an ADD kid and having that, I can kind of go on and I sell the vision. And and she told me once, she says, people already believe in it, stop selling it, just ask more questions about them. So that was the best advice. I love it. That's good advice. You go to talk to her more often. Well, she'll give it without asking, so I love it. (laughs) But she's been the best one. And then another one was, and I'll just share this. I was working with an employee, and she goes, Matt, can I give you some feedback? And I says, yeah, sure. She goes, stop beating around the bush. Just tell me what you want. Yeah. And I says, oh, and that was several years, because just like Dave Ramsey, I sucked at leadership when I started it. I was terrible. Everybody does, Uh, mostly. Yeah. I think I almost sunk my first business. And it was just from poor decisions and directions I went. My rule of thumb is, Matthew, that in very, very, very rare exceptions, we all suck when we start doing stuff the first time or two. The first go round is pretty rough on most everything you go to do. And I know somebody will tell me, oh, I knew this one guy one time who, yeah, well, you knew one guy one time. The rest of us, we sucked. So... It's a process and it's a cycle that we all go through. And believe it or not, I believe we don't get better. We actually get worse before we get better. But if we hang in there and you go through the transition and you're willing to receive feedback and you're willing not to let go of the rope, you eventually start getting better. And I think that's the earlier in your career, you can learn that the better off you are. I agree with that. I want to keep it confidential and I don't want you to use names or anything, but Tell me about the client you're most proud of. Recent clients, I think she's done amazing. She's in a very tough organization. It's a nonprofit. If you've ever worked with any of those, they're tough. There's so many directions, everybody not talking. And so she did a really good job. What she did, I think I'm most proud of her, is she's so willing as a leader. And so we've created kind of a bubble within that organization to help her five leaders that she has. So we've had to be very creative in getting her to that next level. That's but great. the cool thing is, and I like Tony, she does everything that I, as a coach, tell her. She goes, okay, I'll do that. Okay, I'll do that. What do you need next? And that's why she got traction, even though there's so much chaos around her. Her team is now starting to come together. What they do is they open up health clinics which is my expertise. I've done that for years, but nonprofits are tough because you got so many cooks in the kitchen, but I was very proud of her. So that would be my client. I'm proud of moves to execution very quickly. That's Oh, very. She was an athlete. She's easy to coach. (laughs) Good. I like that. All right. Well, I've got a list of closing questions that I ask everybody that comes on the show as a guest. I'll shoot these to you. You give me your quick answer. Okay. All right. All right, here's the first one. What's the best memory that comes to mind for you? Oh, when I was younger, when my father was alive, we went to California on a business trip. He was doing a business deal. 
And I remember spending that week and that's where I gained my entrepreneur passion was from spending time with him. Who's the number one hero in your life? Uh, would be my mother. She raised all seven of us all by herself when I was younger. So it'd be my mother. What's the top core value you subscribe to? Oh, be honest all the time. Who's the most important person in your life? Most important person in my life right now would be my wife. I would say, with somebody that gives out advice that good, <laughs> better be. What's your favorite thing in the whole world? Favorite thing in the whole world is to spend time with my family and my boys. What's your favorite food? Oh, pizza by all far. <laughs> What's your favorite pizza topping? Pepperoni. Got it. What's the most beautiful place you've ever been to? Mexico. We go all the time. It'd be Mazatlan. I probably killed yep. it. Those no. don't speak Spanish. I know Love where, it. yeah, I know what you mean. If you could describe success in one word, what would the word be? Freedom. How do you want to be remembered? Happy. If you could go back and give advice to a younger Matthew, what advice would you give him? Don't give up. What's your favorite sound? A nice engine that starts up that has a lot of power. And of all the lessons you've learned, what's the best lesson? Just to be loving, kind. And those people who know me, know me very well, know that I'm a huge dog fan. I have Oreo, the wonder dog, the blue healer dog. And I just got to ask as a bonus question, what's your dog's name? Oh, I got two of them. Iron Man and Black Panther, both superheroes. Yeah, Marvel, sense. right? Yeah, both shepherds. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can hear them back there. What kind of yeah. shepherd? I have a king shepherd and a smaller shepherd mix. I think okay. Yep. Yeah. I've got Australian shepherd. Yeah, they're good dogs. You can hear them. <laughs> Pretty smart. Smarter than I am. <laughs> yeah, I love Matt, them. Matthew, I'm sure you've shared a lot of gold today that a lot of people would like more access to. How do they find out more about you? Where can they go online? Yeah, they can go online to MatthewLelandCox.com or you can email me, Matthew at MCTraining.com either one of those ways of getting a hold of me or on social media. I do a lot of LinkedIn. I do a lot of content on LinkedIn and it just search Matthew Cox and you'll find me Matthew Leland. That's wonderful. That's, yeah. that's great, man. Listen, thanks for sending me that email. I'm glad we got to know each other. Oh, thanks for what you do, Tony. All right, bro. Let me know. All right. Ma take care. Matthew Cox, everybody stand by. I'll have more on better than before next on the C-suite radio network. There's nothing quite like the love of a good dog. At University Subaru, it seems to us they're all good. See special pet-friendly features in the new 2021 Subaru Outback and Forester. It's never been easier to hit the open road with your best friend and to keep them safe with Subaru all-wheel drive. Subaru is dog-tested and dog-approved. Love, it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru and a dog a dog. University Subaru, Columbia, homegrown and proud of it. Receive weekly coaching tips from Tony Richards, delivered straight to your inbox. Whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, Tony can help you reach your goals and give you a competitive edge within your industry. Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo covers topics ranging from leadership development to teamwork to company culture and more. Text the word leadership to 38470 to sign up for Tony's Monday Morning Coaching Memo or sign up online at clearvisiondevelopment.com.
Welcome back to Better Than Before. This is Tony Richards, your master coach. And before we go this week, I want to throw three key questions your way. And you can use these just for self-analysis, just in your strategic planning sessions with yourself, and also in some of your journaling activity. Here's key question number one. Do you micromanage your people too much? And I think anytime you're coaching a direct report or someone that reports to you, you have to ask yourself that question because sometimes we have a heart to help so much that we will not allow people to figure things out on their own or to fail on their own. And we have to learn to stand back, take our hands off of it, let them take the ball and try to run with it. Also, if we have some deficiencies in ourselves, like we're just a chronic perfectionist or we're a chronic micromanager, we just want to be in the middle of everything because we're afraid they won't do it right. Well, guess what? They probably aren't going to do it like you'd do it, but that doesn't mean they won't be able to do it better than you'd do it because they have 60% of their time to focus on it and you don't. So let them Go free and let them be micromanaged no more. Key question number two, how can you as a leader make your people feel like owners? This is a very sophisticated trick to pull because I don't know how many business owners I've coached over the years and they are end up being in my office or on a Zoom call with me and they say, I don't know. I don't think these people care as much about this business as I do. Well, guess what? No, they don't. You know why? They're not owners. They're employees. However, that's not to say you can't get them to buy in and take ownership over certain parts of the organization or certain initiatives or certain projects. That is something you can do. And to do that, you're going to have to back off quite a bit. Just like in the micromanaging, you're going to have to give them some freedom to inject some of themselves into these things. How did you end up to be an owner? You injected yourself into it. The business took a large part of yourself when you decided to be a business owner. And it's still maybe taking a large part of you. You may have had to put your house on the line for your business loan or your cars or your kid's college education or college fund or something like that. If you're going to be a successful business owner, you're going to give a lot of yourself. Let your employees do that too. Don't manage them so closely. They can't give themselves to it. And if you allow them to, they will. Key question number three, what is your business and what is its function? What is your business and what is its function? Well, we know at the basic level, every business is designed to create and keep a customer. So looking at how you serve that customer, what products, what services, how does that customer buy from you? All those functions are extremely important for long-term success. And sometimes we overdo it to the point that we don't even remember what business we're really in. So you got to ask yourself that question. What is your business? And what is its function? That's our show today. Better Than Before is sponsored by our friends at University Subaru. University Subaru, homegrown and proud of it. 
please follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards Four. hit the follow button. Also follow me on Facebook. You can join my free Facebook page, Tony Richards, speaker, author, coach, just smash the like button. Special thanks as always to our producer, Tessa Hall. And until we visit again next week, I'm your coach, Tony Richards, reminding you that everything gets better when you get better. for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.